When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To the PHLY Eagles podcast on a Thursday afternoon, right at noon. Bo Wolf, Zanuck Berman here to talk about Vic Fangio coming to Philadelphia. We'll see if uh, John Clark can catch him on the runway as he prepares to sign on the dotted line, Zach, as the new Eagles defensive coordinator. About a year belated, right? We thought this might happen a mm. year ago, maybe 11 months ago. Yeah, I actually have some reporting on this, Zach. I, I, it is my understanding that Jonathan Gannon reached out to Nick Sirianni a few days ago and suggested he hire Vic Fangio. <laughs> you always need to get your Jonathan Gannon shot in. I mean, that's you? a good line. Come right. on. At what point did you think about that? Uh, I workshopped it this morning. Ah, okay. What yeah. was the first, the first thought for it? No, I mean, that was the, oh, oh, it's, oh, it's so not the workshop, but just, you so know, you I, right I tried away. it out, got a good yeah. response, and so it, you, makes, it makes the show. You got to work on your material sometimes. You, you nailed it right away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Vic Fangio is someone who's been the apple of Eagle's eye for, you know, I mean, obviously they liked his defense. Let's get into it. This is Let's make this a Zach Berman special. Let's get right to the conversation, oh, wow. the Eagles conversation from the beginning. We're going to talk about what this means for uh, the Eagles personnel decisions. We're going to talk about uh, how excited this makes you about the defense, all this good stuff. Let's I, I'm it. glad we're getting right into it. And I, I guess I'm, I'm getting us out of it because there's one YouTube commenter who was so fixated on this one episode when you were asking me about, uh, about my barber. Yeah. And it was like, it was like two, uh, it was, it was two minutes in like 103 episodes or something that we've done. But he's like, all they're talking about is Zach's barber. <laughs> Zach, I'm, uh, <laughs> I am giving you the chance to not to, to keep us on the track, and you are the one right now who's getting us off track. Yes, I will happily talk about your barber for no. the next fifteen minutes. No, no, no. I want to talk about. There's Vic a lot of people reaching out to me about like uh, the conversation about the time machine yesterday. No, we let's can talk, talk about Vic We can talk all about that. Yeah, we can no, talk about your uh, your movie references. But if you want to talk Fangio, now is the chance. Perfect. Let's let's talk Vic Fangio. Uh, Vic Fangio, who has been. A defensive coordinator in the NFL longer than many of his players have been alive, right? His first... Oh, dire. He... 
He first became a defensive coordinator in 1995 with the Carolina Panthers. He broke into professional football, actually, in Philadelphia with the USFL, Philadelphia Stars. Jim Mora was the head coach. Paul Domowicz was covering them for the Philadelphia Daily News. Got to wonder how often they were running 12 personnel. We should ask Domo that one. Yeah, He's going to have those Uh, stats. But... With Vic Fangio, there's... I have no... Looking at his resume, I have absolutely no recollection of him being the defensive coordinator for the Colts and Texans in the, in the early 2000s. I have... No recollection I have that. recollection of the Texans' time, not the Colts' time. The Colts' time was with Jim Mora, actually. Mm. Um, but... Playoffs! Uh, I, I recall him well when he was Stanford's defensive coordinator. Of course you do. And then when he, he goes to the 49ers and then the Bears, and, and this is all kind of caught on. And then when he became a head coach, it was like finally Vic Fangio gets this, this chance. In Philadelphia during the past year, actually past three years, frankly, we've heard quite a bit about the Fangio scheme. Um, Jonathan Gannon's, the aforementioned Jonathan Gannon, his, his defense was a branch from the Vic Fangio scheme. Mm, the acolytes. Uh, Sean Desai was a direct uh, descendant of the scheme. Not not like twice removed, but directly worked for him, of course. And now, of course, the Eagles get the creator of it. But and and we will get into what that God scheme himself. is. But what I feel strongly about is that you're not hiring Vic Fangio for his scheme. You are hiring him before. I mean, that's part of the scheme, right? But the scheme has to continue to evolve. You're hiring it because this is a tenured defensive coordinator, experienced, smart defensive mind, has shown that time and time again, has proven uh, in this league, has 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 proven that he can evolve, that he can adapt. We'll see how, how that continues with the personnel here. But that you you went from a first-time defensive coordinator, well, actually, Sean Desai wasn't first-time, second-time defensive coordinator, but someone who had only done that job for one year, to now someone who's done it for three, four decades. Uh, so it's it's quite different. We, we've talked about that, that bucket. He fits the bucket. He's a former head coach, right? Um, he's, pretty, he's not going to be a head coach again, I assume. So perhaps... Well, I mean, he might be an interim. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, well, and let's also get to the quick mechanics of this. Was, was parted ways with the Dolphins yesterday. Adam Schefter says he's on a flight to Philly this morning to sign a contract with the Eagles. So one needs to imagine that <clears throat> that this has been in the works. It was reported that part of the reason why there was that separation from Miami is he wanted to get closer to home. He's from, you know, the Scranton area. Do uh, you think he would be the Eagles defensive coordinator if the Phillies were bad right now? Yes, because he watches the Phillies even when they're bad. Or he knows the score mm-hmm. even when they're bad. Yeah. But he can watch Jamie and Renee. Now and you over know, under in the Ju- June 18th for when Vic Fangio throws out the first pitch at a Phillies game. Hmm. I would say that's a good because you're, you know what? I would say under that, like before that, because June 18th, maybe they're getting away. You know, the the offices are closed from then sure. until training camp or until the week before training camp. So you he probably does it during. Like the OTAs, the mini camp portion of the schedule. Okay, that's so what I was thinking. I would say May, June. This was yeah. I felt like I felt like I was channeling you last mm-hmm. night. I was in bed looking at the Phillies schedule, trying to predict in my mind the exact time they would do it. And what you settle on? Uh, the, the, in that stretch in okay. June. Now, the, is there a good game in there? Well, there's 
a little bit later in June, late <laughs> June, they have both Miami and Arizona coming. So Ooh. you could do it could be a shot across Jonathan Gannon's bow, or it could be the Miami uh, get back. Well, so Arizona, that's a big series because it's the sure. NLCS rematch. So, but Vic one of them is actually you? one of them is like uh, Cole Hamill's retirement. Okay, so you yeah. know, Vic's not yeah. going to get that spot. But no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't even know if Sirianni would get that spot. Yeah. Jalen maybe, uh, Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sure. But I don't know if, if, if Vic's there. But he could also do it. He could do it earlier. He, you know, he's going to be around if there's a if there's oh, a yeah. day game. You know, uh, you know, a businessman special on a April Thursday. Oh sure, and and you know what? He's he's from Central Pennsylvania. He doesn't mind if it's one of those, you know, fifty degree nights. He can he can still loosen up the arm and and and, and throw it on a cold night. Sure. So, yeah, we'll be there, probably. All right. A couple things um, about this. Well, lots of things. We've got a long show to get to. Um, it would be a little bit hypocritical for me to, like, like say this is, a, this is a bad hire. This is exactly the kind of type of person I said that they sh- I was hoping that they would hire. The head coach of the defense. It's, yep. it's hard to get a, a better answer for that than Vic Fangio. He is going to be able to turn that into a professional unit, yep. which it was not last season. Nick Sirianni does not have to meddle yep. there at all. This is a like uh, full-service guy that you're bringing in to take over the defense and just run that system. And as you said, not just the system, but everything that comes along with it. And you, know, like you, you saw how ravaged they were by injuries in the playoffs. And still, like guys coming off the street, and they look they look fine on defense, right? I mean, they, they were not great. Yes. Um, if I am if I am trying to be the contrarian, the thing that is just a little bit on my mind is like this is the guy they wanted last year. Yeah. It's not like they went through the whole process no. trying to identify the best person. It's like okay, this is the guy we wanted. We can fix that. You talk. We we joke about the time machine. This is their way of dialing this back a few months and being like, "This is the guy we wanted anyway." You know, know, snap your fingers and all of a sudden, you know, things are better. That's that's what went wrong with the team this year was we just didn't have Vic Fangio and now we have him. Yeah, Um, Uh, uh, real quick on on that topic there, as I saw in the chat, it was higher. It might have been Matt H who said. you know, do they have to interview? I thought they had to interview a minority candidate. Um, I believe Ron Rivera would yeah. fit that. But but if you think that uh, this this was kind of in the works back channel wise, like clearly if the Dolphins, if he parts ways with the Dolphins on Wednesday, I'm sorry, on 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 yeah on Wednesday, and then he's on the flight to sign his contract on Thursday, the Eagles knew this was going to happen, right? So uh, this is probably been in the works the past few days and I believe you know based on the uh, rules you need for coordinator jobs you need to hire one or I'm sorry you need to interview one minority candidate um, and which make, which does make that Rivera interview seem a little bit gross if it was a token interview then certainly gross but if it's the type of thing where Ron Rivera wants to get back into this and this kind of puts him on the radar or Jeffrey Lohr, you know, speak to him. Maybe there's a different, maybe there's like an assistant. Well, they have an assistant head coach and associate head coach. I don't know if you can yeah, keep can, bringing can bring in another head coach. <laughs> you can't keep bringing yeah. in. Yes. Maybe a senior defensive consultant type right. thing. Right. Um, but yeah, that, but I, I believe that would qualify from the league's perspective. Um, yeah. I, I think it is reasonable to suspect that this is what both sides wanted even like starting exactly. in March 
Yes. Like this eventuality. Yeah, and and you do wonder if 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 like you said, this is this was on both their minds throughout the All summer, along. right? And you know, you kind of connect the dots after the fact, and there was that that day in training camp when they were practicing in the stadium, and Nick Sirianni said they had to be there because like coaches need to work on their communication, and Howie had to get Sean Desai to get the players onto the field then. Right there, were one of the most bizarre <laughs> scenes. But perhaps, like from the organization, <laughs> perhaps from the organization's perspective, they were like, "Well, we need, we need some more order here. We need, you know, s- someone like you said, the head coach of the defense." Uh, I'm, I don't want to take anything away from Sean Desai because I, I, as as we both said, he's been unfairly scapegoated here in in a certain respect. But he certainly doesn't come with the type of gravitas, for lack of a better term, sure. that Vic Fangio does. So if, if you're talking about kind of that that Jim Schwartz, uh, Ron Rivera, Leslie Frazier, you know, the former head coach, it's not the first room he's been in front of. You know, it's not the first time that he's had to lead this this type of group. And, you know, he's, he's, he's done it time and time or again. Dealt with success or dealt with adversity. Yes, like he, all ex- of these things exactly. he has lots of reps on. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it this way. To, to, to your point, I can't imagine there's going to be communication issues in the back end next year, right? Like Vic Fangio, right. this is not his first rodeo. The other thing that I, that I want to say is um, this to me is so much more about the floor than the ceiling with Vic Fangio, like that, that baseline level of competence, right. which, which we talked about. Like mm-hmm. that's what they needed. I don't think that this defense has the personnel to become a top five defense next year. Um, I think they know that. And I also don't think that Vic Fangio's history would tell us that he is like, it's not quite like mid-career or late-career Wade Phillips, where like he could just come in and turn that defense yeah. into a top-five unit. That is not Vic Fangio's good reference. track record. Um, but like you look, you, you know, he, he coached in the mid-90s. We don't even have the advanced st- stats on, uh, on those times. But you just, you go, let's just talk about the post-Stanford uh, Vic Fangio era, going back to when he came to the Niners. So that's 12 years that he was either a defensive coordinator or a head coach going back. In those 12 years, three years, he had a top quartile defense in both success rate and EPA per drive, right? Uh, 11 and 12 with the Niners, and then 18, that great year with the Chicago Bears. That was the only one time that was like the best defense in the league. Eight of those 12 years, just in the middle, just like 19th in the league or 14th in the league or like 10th in the league or like 20th in the league. That's fine. And only one year where they were bad. And that was his first year in Chicago in which they were 26th in success rate, 24th in EPA per drive. And by the way, that worst year of his still better than what the Eagles got last year. Mm -hmm. And so to me, this is about like, we want upside on offense. Yes. We want to chase trying to be one of the three best offenses in the league and let that carry our team. We just want get us through the game on defense. Let's just be okay. That's a good way of putting it. I think the high floor is exactly what you're shooting for here. And, yeah, you're, you're shooting for consistency. You're shooting for, I don't want to say professionalism because that would indicate there was a lack of professionalism before, but just a buttoned-up operation. Right, and that's uh, 
that's probably what you're getting with with someone with with this type of experience. Now we'll get into it. At, at, I imagine later in the show, but personnel has has a lot to do with it. Uh, but when you look at philosophically what Nick Sirianni believes in in terms of preventing big plays, that's 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 a big function of what Vic Fangio does. If you were among the fans who who want more blitzing, that hasn't been a staple of of the Fangio scheme. But again, what you're getting is is like someone who who's who's been there, done that, and I haven't gone back and watched the 1999 Colts, but I imagine the 1999 Colts defense looks differently. I I, I, I watched them a, bit, a lot that year, Peyton Manning's rookie year or second year, um, but I imagine that defense looks different now. Yeah, than, of course he's evolved. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the idea that that like this is going to look like those Niners defenses when he was there under Harbaugh, or even those Bears defenses. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a, this case. is a, this is a football lifer. This guy's <laughs> seen it all, right? I went back and read that that John Greenberg story on the Athletic uh, last night when he was talking to to Fangio about the Phillies, but also like, and this is when he was consulting for the Eagles uh, in 2022. And it's funny, like the the thing about you know, Greenberg asked him about like, you know, you're not really still like grinding the film, are you? Like this is your year off. He's like, oh no, like I'm watching almost just as much. Like that's I, I, that's your whole job as a defensive mind is to be aware of the trends that are happening in the league and try to think through how to counteract those things. And so, you know, I think the, uh, you know, your, your boy Malcolm Gladwell, the, the 10,000 hours here, he's got, he's got plenty of hours mm-hmm. banked. I, I, I'd be happy to be associated with Malcolm Gladwell, so thank you. Uh, quick Bo Wolf trivia question uh, here. Uh, on the flight to Little St. James was where I was going, but go ahead. A quick, uh, a, a quick Bo Wolf piece of trivia question. Okay. You asked a question in a press conference one time where the answer was, yes, Vic Fangio. Do you recall what that was? <laughs> wow, on Bo Wolf trivia question. This is good. Uh, no, I don't. Was that was it? Was I asking directly about that 2022 season? And do you have mm-hmm. a? Um, so what know. this was was it was Mike. Gro- it was a Mike Rowe press conference. Wow. Okay. I, and no recollection of this. Uh, Doug Peterson had spoken to Matt Nagy about an opponent they were playing that week. Uh, and you said to, to Mike Rowe. Uh, you know, Doug's talked to Nagy. Is there anyone you've reached out to on on the Bears staff about such and such team? And he said, yeah, Vic. Spoke to Vic. And he said, what did he tell you? And he said, you guys better play at your best. Who were they playing? Let me see when this was here. Um, So this was December 27, 2018. Okay. This is funny because they're going to be playing the Bears in the playoffs. No, it's probably going into... Uh, week. Right, but they're, they're on this communication and then they end up ending their season. And, true. Yeah. Doug Peterson said he may or may not have reached out to Matt Nagy in Chicago. Have you talked to any of your old colleagues or players? Coach Fangio. Yeah. Huh. And then you said, what did you say? Oh, wait, then, what was the date? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. So this is what it was. The Bears were playing the Vikings that week because the Eagles had to get into the playoffs. Do you uh, remember that? They were helping the they Bears were help, beat the Bears the were Vikings. helping, yeah. The Eagles were helping the Bears. That's what it was. Oh, okay. So Doug had spoken to Matt Nagy about Interesting. it. Interesting. And then uh, Gro spoke to Fangio about it. Hmm. So that was the answer. There you go. So when I did a but little... But then they go in and beat the Bears the next week. Exactly. Wow. Uh, so Gro said to Fangio, need your best this week. 
and the Bears ended up winning. So did you know that, or had you just searched through your archive? No, for I was Vic searching Fangio. through Vic Fangio okay. material, my archives, and I found that. I said, oh, I'll bring this up on the show. Okay, that's good. Uh, all right, well, before we move on, let's talk about game time. Our dear friends at game time, because buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. We're talking flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views. We know you love the images of seat views. Plus the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Just two taps. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone. So you never, ever, ever had to dig through your email. Tickets make great holiday gifts. Yeah, Valentine's Day is coming up. Go a little Valentine's Day game time. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for 20 bones off. If you could have a trading card from any player in the 1995 Panthers defense, Vic Fangio's first as a defensive coordinator, who would it be? Sam Mills. Perfect. That's a good answer. Sam Mills was on that defense, and he actually, I actually think Vic Fangio coached him uh, with, the, with the Philadelphia Stars as well. Ooh. Uh, who else was on that defense? Oh, you had Lamar Lathan. You had Mike Fox, Pat Terrell, Brett Maxey, Tim McKire, Tyrone Poole, Darian uh, Connor. So... Anyways, right, so I named the only one that I knew. Uh, you probably know. You probably know Lamar Lathan. I don't. He, he had eight sacks that year. Uh, I bring this up as a way of saying that if you want to find that that Sam Mills card, well, the good place to find it would be probably would be at Wheelhouse because Wheelhouse is the go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is "Cards and Community" because love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like Topps Chrome Baseball and Mosaic Football, as well as T-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell Ness, 47 Brand, Junk Food, Starter, and Shy Vintage Sports. If you're looking to grade your sports card collection, Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. Stop into either of their stores, Wayne or Westchester. Open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY. Get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. So the uh, Panthers officially seems like hiring Dave Canales. So the mm. uh, Dan Morgan connection. Yes. Yeah, they work together in Seattle. Okay. The, uh, the buddy system continues in the NFL. No surprise. Uh, and somebody has sent me. I need to read this book now. It's called This Marriage: The Question That Changed Everything by Dave and Lizzie Canales, forward by Tony Dungy. Interesting. Why do you have to read that? It seems fascinating to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that, that, that does surprise me. Have you me, come to a point in your marriage where it is time to make a decision? Will you settle for the status quo indefinitely? Do you feel like giving up and getting out? Are you ready to go deeper at any cost? If these questions strike a chord with you, you've picked up the right book. 
you will find yourself here as Dave and Lizzie Canales recount their journey with poignant and often painful honesty. Whether you're fighting to save your relationship, walking in redemption, or anything in between, this marriage is an invitation into the high-risk adventure of an authentic and thriving marriage. I hope you can sell my book like that. <laughs> so, Dave, so Dave Canales, uh, yeah, that, I, I, I do find that, that interesting because I thought there were some good candidates out there. I, I, I'm not saying Canales isn't. I mean, the Bucks offense seemed to maximize their talent this year. Baker Mayfield looked better this year than he had in the past. Uh, frankly, I think Todd Monken's an, an underrated um, candidate. I mean, he did real well at, at Southern Miss, like rebuilt that Southern Miss program, has, has bounced around, that offense has evolved. He's a little on the older side, but you don't want to be an ageist when it comes to hiring the right person. Um, but, but, I mean, that's if you're looking for, like, an offensive coach. But there are other high-quality uh, coaches out there. We'll, you and we'll I were talking about in, in the in, – well, it's called the green room. Even though I wouldn't, okay, I don't yeah. necessarily wouldn't say that it is exactly like that. It's not a traditional. I am surprised, like the, uh, you know, listen. Being a good coordinator doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a good head coach. Look at Vic Fangio and how it went in, yeah. in uh, Denver. I, I'm surprised that like Mike McDonald may be uh, left out of the uh, like the musical chairs game here. Like that seems to me like the I, I haven't gotten him in an interview, but yeah. like that track record, that defense. I mean, sign me up. I agree, and it it does seem like, to a certain extent, defensive coordinators aren't getting. Uh, I mean, this this isn't the first year that that's happened. The defensive coaches who've been hired are, you know, former are like former players who are linebacker, you know, who are linebackers, not necessarily coordinators. Sure. Although, uh, Jared Adrian Mayo, like Bill Belichick's very ambiguous with with titles. Was he? The inside linebackers coach slash like head coach in waiting. I'm I'm not right. quite sure, but Antonio Pierce was promoted from. So what's from, left? Know. Seattle, Tennessee, Atlanta. No, no, Tennessee. I mean, not. sorry, Seattle, Atlanta, Washington. But everybody yes. sort of assumes Washington ben is Ben Johnson, right? Sure. So just Seattle and Atlanta. Yeah. And Belichick and Vrabel are both still out there. Mm-hmm. Seems like they may both get left out. Mm-hmm. If you think Seattle might be, is it still going to be Dan Quinn? I know yeah. he's, Dan uh, Quinn and Chip Kelly, huh? Dan Quinn and Chip Kelly. And Atlanta would have their pick of coaches at that point. Huh. What do you, Interesting. What do you think of the Harbaugh hire? Who's got it better than them, Zach? Nobody. Wow, you really, <laughs> you were waiting for that. <laughs> Feels like you, your whole life is leading up to somebody <laughs> asking you that question. Uh, great hire. He's won literally everywhere he's, he's been. The University of San Diego, Stanford. San Francisco 49ers, Michigan. He'll win with the Los Angeles Chargers. Culture setter. Teams play tough. Uh, yeah, good hire. <laughs> okay. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. Is he going to hire Greg Roman to, to make Justin Herbert run around? I, I think he should hire David Shaw. That bring the band back together. Oh, that way they that way they can get Justin Herbert to hand the ball off. <laughs> but they wouldn't be able to get Vic Fangio, unless yeah. Vic Fangio did what he didn't do to the Eagles and uh, and kind of pulled out the last minute. There you go. Good LA. Yeah, ill fated penetration. Yeah. All right, um, Zach. By the way, you mentioned Green Room. Uh, just a, a funny self deprecating thing. Okay. When I was uh, the first time I, I did television was in Washington. The uh, there's a show called Washington Post Live. It was similar to Daily News Live on Comcast Sportsnet, and. Uh, I used to go in like every other week, do a college sports segment, and they had a green room there that that was like well stocked with cookies and fruit 
and and all of that. And it shows you that that like uh, you know I'm 23 at the time, 24 at the time, and I remember calling home, being like, "It's cool to be on TV, but this." They have fresh cookies in the green room. Yeah. <laughs> Joy is laughing. I was like, I, I laugh now at how excited I, I was at the idea of, like, I would go there. I would make sure that I was hungry before the show. And, you know, I, I would say to the producer, can I take one of these to go? You know? And of course. She'd be like, yeah, they're, they're for you. <laughs> I mean, like, they're for the guests on the show. So there was, like, four guests. It was a whole tray of you're cookies. Just, you're munching and, cookies. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, wrapping up. <laughs> Wrapping up the cookie. I <laughs> thank you, Joy. Joy's cracking up here. My um, cookie story <laughs> is um, Reggie Wells, uh, the former reserve offensive yeah. lineman for the Eagle. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't need to shame Reggie Wells here, but it, it was always very funny. The the Novacare complex had very good cookies yes. at the uh, in the cafeteria. You know, take a couple cookies to go by all means. Reggie Wells would have a like a plate with a stack of like eight cookies <laughs> in his locker. Respect, but you know that—that's my. When I think of Reggie Wells, I think of boy, that man loved cookies. He might be able to rival you, Zach. On that note, my new favorite player, Reggie Wells. There you go. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, speaking of players, let's let's talk about what you think Fangio coming here might mean for uh, the yeah. defense moving forward this offseason. There's the perception that you know you need good linebacker. Vic yeah. needs good linebackers. I don't know that that is exactly true, but certainly. You need better linebackers than <laughs> yeah, the Eagles have exactly. at the moment. What do, what, what do you think this is going to do into in, the Eagles' like planning process as they enter the offseason? Yeah, it's, it's a fair question because like we mentioned those 49ers defenses, right? When you have Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman in the middle, it looks different than uh, hoping that Kobe Dean in year three is a Pro Bowl caliber player, right? I went to look uh, last night at – you know, thinking, okay, who might they be able to sign in for agency this year? So you, you go to over the cap, you go to linebackers, and you sort by the snap percentage to see who, who's going to be available. And I think maybe the best picture uh, of an indictment of the Eagles season, coming off of Howie Roseman yesterday, talking about how, you know, you might say that we don't care about linebackers, but we love N'Kobe Dean. And if you watch the tape, Zach Cunningham really played well. You sort by snaps played, available linebackers right now. The guy who's like ninth or tenth on that list, Nicholas Morrow. Hmm. Okay, and so like, yeah, that's the guy you're putting out there. Don't tell me that we're, yeah. you're expecting good linebacker play. Sure. Now Isaiah Simmons is a free agent. Just want to put that out there. Thought that I thought, I thought you'd sell that one a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, is he? What, do they need a backup safety? <laughs> Touche. I, I I I will own that one. Um, Yes, yeah, so the linebacker thing is, is real. And a quick thing, you asked a good question. We talked about this on the show yesterday. And Howie Roseman said that there's this misconception that they don't value linebackers. And I would kind of push back that it's not a misconception. They, like, it is true. I, I take Howie at his, at his word. He wants good linebackers. And they've had decent linebacker play and the good linebacker play both times they went to the Super Bowl. But Howie has said in the, in the past that, you know, if they're going to say they – they value the, the line of scrimmage. You can't just say it. Your actions have to support it. So every year in draft time, what do they do? They invest in offensive, defensive linemen. And if you look at their cap resource, where they spent, offensive and defensive linemen, right? Well, the inverse is true, uh, or the opposite is true, on, at, at linebacker. The last time they drafted an off-ball linebacker in the first two rounds of the draft, first two rounds of your premium picks, was Michael Kendricks in 2012. Um, the last time that they spent, like, any degree of decent money 
on a linebacker was Nigel Bradham's contract extension, and even that had a had an out in it. Uh, so uh, they're they're, they're yeah, getting no, what they're paying it's for. It's not like they are trying to bring in bad linebackers. Yeah, exactly. They're just yeah. not willing to invest in the position. They care about it the least of all the position yeah. groups. And I don't even think that that is wrong. No, necessarily. You have to like, you have to make trade offs when you are exactly. building when you are building a roster. I think that that's fine, but there is a middle there is a a vast middle ground between you know using the 16th pick on Jack Campbell or whoever versus waiting until August to bring in Zach Cunningham yeah. and Miles Jack and hoping that one of them is going to be passable. Like you know the the Kaiser White contract is a reasonable thing to do. They paid $3 million for the mm-hmm. guy because he was available the second week of free agency, and they got, they got a solid year of play from him, and they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Obviously, that's not one-to-one, but there is, a, there is a middle ground there. Howie has said there's some positions where you need to trust your scouting and your development. They did a good job developing T.J. Edwards. They did a good job scouting Kaiser White. They did a good job developing Jordan Hicks. They did a good job scouting Nigel Bradham. Right, and in both those cases, they they went to the Super Bowl. Although Jordan Hicks was injured during the Super Bowl season, but point, I think they have. I, I think yeah. I would think that Howie feels that at times they have been let down by player development at yeah. that position. Yep. You know, Davion Taylor is an extreme example of that, but they also haven't taken a ton, like recently they haven't taken a ton of like late round shots there. Sure. You know, Sean Bradley is the last guy exactly. they drafted. That was in the seventh round. Three or four years ago, right? So, and even their undrafted, their undrafted right, money hasn't even, prioritizing that, right? Yeah. Exactly, and that is the surprising thing to me. Yeah. Like, there is no reason that they couldn't have paid a, a, a better. I mean, they actually paid Ben Van Sumeren yeah. a lot of money last year, but like, but he wasn't their top. To, yeah, right. Exactly. exactly. That they didn't. They didn't take a few more shots there. Yeah, so so we'll we'll get to the draft um, around draft. You know, while well, well, you're at the Senior Bowl next week, and we're at the Combine, and the whole lead up to the draft. But you know, the Eagles have two second round picks. Is this a year when they break that trend? When they go after, you know, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is a name that in Philly you'll hear quite a bit about. But I mean, there are certainly other linebackers in the third round. A guy like Junior Colson from Michigan, um, or even, you know, there are other guys in round two who will be in that mix. So uh, with two second round, I mean, picks, I would still be pretty surprised if they used a second round pick. I, I would too, but it, it's it's a position where they need starters, and if you're not gonna like if you're not gonna spend money there, you can't go in. I think it's more likely that they spend a little money. You think so in free agency? Okay. Just guessing right now. I think that's more likely. You pair that guy with yep. Nicobe Dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I don't think they can plan on Nicobe Dean being a great player. Um, we haven't seen it. He hasn't stayed on the field. I think they probably want him to be in the mix. Sure. And so I don't think I don't see them drafting a, a second round pick at the. I would I would be yeah. less surprised if they use a second round pick on a safety t- to bring that guy in to to Vic Fangio because I think maybe maybe we underrate the importance of safety. Bless you. Um, yeah. Bless you. <laughs> I, I and bless all of you, the acolytes <laughs> who have joined the Church of Christian Ellis. <laughs> I think there are. Uh, uh, I don't think it says it's as good of a safety draft, to be honest with you. You'll, I mean, we'll get into the draft, but it's not it's not a particularly good safety draft. Not to say it's a good linebacker draft, but there are some guys there in that round two that that you you that 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 that, that they might find interesting. Uh, you know, I actually think that you can spend mo- you can spend money on a safety and draft a linebacker, um, but. 
we'll see. Uh, you know, if you watch the games this past weekend, by the way, you saw the effect that linebackers could could have in the games. The way those the Ravens use their linebackers, right? Um, you know, the way the Niners uh, linebackers play. Uh, it is, a, you know, it's it's not as important as your defensive line, but in this Fangio scheme. The Eagles can't expect – like, this is a roundabout way of me saying the Eagles can't build Jim Schwartz's defense and expect Vic Fangio to coordinate it. And they're, they're kind of assembling the roster sometimes like it's Jim Schwartz's defense. And, uh, and so if you think about how you're going to utilize your defensive lineman, all right, well, you hope that Jordan Davis can be a good nose tackle in this scheme. Jalen Carter can play in any scheme. We know that, right? So if, if – uh, there's this thought that in this defense you don't two gap, but you like you one and a half gap. Um, that's 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 kind of the phrase that that's come up. Well, Jalen Carter can can do that, but now you'll have Hassan Reddick in like a stand up role. Uh, Josh Sweat will probably be in a stand up role, maybe a little bit more. Although they can use him different ways. Vic Fangio can adapt. You're probably looking at uh, heavy zone on the back end. You're 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 looking at you know, two deep safeties. So um, there's a lot they need to figure out personnel-wise. Uh, and and I, I do think linebacker and safety are a big question because, uh, you know, that is when that defense has been at its best, they've had talent up the middle of the field. And that's not the way the Eagles have, have, have built their scheme in the past. Yeah, well said. Um, anything else on what you expect to change under Fangio? Well, certainly position coaches too, right? Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to bring in his own position coaches. So, uh, linebackers coach, DBs coach, you you might see changes there. Uh, yeah, I think it's he he does know like some of the personnel here, but the personnel's changed quite a bit since that Super Bowl team on defense in in, in particular. So, I I know like the pushback from the Eagles would, would be he didn't work with the defense when he was in the building. He worked more with the offense. But he knew the Eagles personnel, right? And there was a reason why the Eagles were going to hire him last year and why he was interested in coming here last year. He knew the kind of defense that he was taking. He knew the organization. Uh, I do think he's going to have a chance to add personnel to this group. And Do you think he comes in with some some heft in terms oh, of yeah, personnel? The, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and with with Howie, right? You know that, and, and that was always one of the things you heard about with Jim Schwartz is that Jim Schwartz carried a lot of sway personnel-wise. Like if if Schwartz wanted a player, they would go after that player. And I think Vic Fangio certainly has. He he comes in with that type of credibility. Yeah. Okay. Um, another small piece of news that broke right before uh, the show that the Eagles have put in a request to interview Kellen Moore mm -hmm. for the offensive coordinator position. He was uh, included in that uh, very long list of candidates, which you can read on allphly.com. He's now the third person we've heard about after Gerard Johnson and Cliff Kingsbury. What do you make of Kellen Moore? Yeah, so really liked what he did with the Cowboys, but <laughs> he leaves. It was kind of like mocked, like Mike McCarthy's taking over here, and the Cowboys' offense was, was better than it was when he was there, almost, right? Uh, I mean, certainly Dak season, CeeDee Lamb season. So, and then he did not maximize Justin Herbert when there was a thought that he was going to go there and be a uh, you know be what the Chargers needed. But that said, he's he's very well regarded in the NFL. The Eagles interviewed him 
for the job that went to Nick Sirianni in 2021. So that goes to show you he's someone who's been on the Eagles' radar. I think what the Eagles are doing is is what you said, is they're casting a wide net. Well, let's see. It's been three people so far. Sure. All, like, expected people. Yeah. Yeah, true. But I, I, I don't think they've zeroed in. Like, clearly on defense, they've zeroed in on Vic Fangio. Right. You can kind of tell by the timeline of things. I don't think the Eagles have their guy uh, I think I will pick. be a little bit disappointed if, like, we know who the Eagles' offensive coordinator is by, by Sunday. I don't know if I'd be that disappointed in that because because candidates are going to start coming off the board, right? And you got to act fast if there's someone that you really like. Yeah, I guess um, that. I mean, but, maybe so. Uh, but I, I would I, like to see them really yeah. talking to as many people as yeah. possible. I also don't know if, if Kellen Moore is the type of guy who you're like, I don't want to talk to eight more people so I can lock up Kellen Moore here, right? Also, it came out today, Brian Johnson's interviewing with the Browns. Yes. Um, which is also noteworthy because that's not a play-calling offensive coordinator job, right? So we wouldn't get to see him kind of put his offense in, right. in, in place if you're of the school of thought that Brian Johnson was kind of hindered here and let's see what he does elsewhere. That's Kevin Stefanski's system and Stefanski's the play And there caller. are only so many jobs. And this is, you know, Kellen Moore is a good, example, a good reminder of this. We talked about it with, with Byron Leftwich. Like and and the perception that like oh like would you really want to come to the Eagles if uh, there was so much drama in the building like these jobs do not come around very yeah. often and oftentimes like the momentum flips like Kellen Moore everybody thought he was going to be a future head coach within like two years yep. and now he's scraping by to try to get another offensive coordinator job Byron Leftwich had a like a, a theoretically an offer from the Jaguars and then was fired the next yep. year and so. Like these things change very quickly. The cycle, you, you can understand why you get the job when you can. Mm-hmm. But Kellen Moore's track record, I mean, it is pretty good. You know, that, that first year in Dallas, they were one of the best offenses in the league, number one in success rate. Uh, they were never below 12th and pretty much like a, a top 10 offense all four years uh, when he was the coordinator in Dallas. And then last year with the Chargers, I mean, they weren't great, but they weren't bad. They were, they were middle of the pack. And even with the um, the injury to, to Justin Herbert, I would be interested in talking to him. And, and I think that he would be an interesting yeah. guy. The one thing that I want to sort of push back on that, that came out of yesterday's press conference was the notion that, like, the Eagles are definitely making Nick Sirianni not running the offense and not running the defense. And there's going to be a head coach of the defense and a head coach of the offense. I don't know that that is necessarily really? the case on offense yet. Interesting. And why do you I say that? I think they're... Maybe selling it that way and hoping okay. to get. But is Kellen Moore going to come in and be the head coach of the offense? Is Gerard Johnson going to come in and be the head coach of the offense? It's a little bit like you remember when Doug used to talk about. Well, I don't want to stop calling plays. That's my favorite part sure. of the job. Like Nick has been humbled and taken down a peg, I think, by the messaging from Jeffrey Lurie, and I think he's open to bringing in somebody who can take over the offense. But if Gerard Johnson comes in here. This guy who was his offensive quality control coach. Good point. To me, I think that is like, oh, let's 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 add some flavor from uh, from Kevin O'Connell and some flavor from Bobby Slowick, and that brings us some, you know, uh, McVeigh and Shanahan infused into what has been our offense. That's great, but is he like handing over the keys to Gerard Johnson, a first-time offensive coordinator? And even if even if it's uh, Kellen Moore, somebody who has called plays for five, six years, I think he's calling plays. I don't think Nick is, like, hands-off on the offense. I, I feel like he's always going to be involved in the offense. 
That's his favorite thing. You're right, and he's he has discussed that. Uh, I mean, I, I see what you mean in terms of how you're packaging this job. If you're packaging this job, like come in um, and like work under me and like you know learn from my, you know, you're not gonna get the best candidate. So you do want to create the impression that a candidate's coming in and bringing his system and it's calling the plays and it's calling the shots. Now, the the person they hire matters. If it's from the background, if, if it's if it's Gerard Johnson, if it's Jim Bob Cooter, you know, then you know this is this is Sirianni's offense still, and they kind of packaged it a certain way because that's how it had to be packaged. Not to say Gerard Johnson would not have a voice, but. It's different than someone who's coming in and doesn't have that background with Nick. Um, it just it would strike me as odd if you fired Brian Johnson, and then it's exactly what we're talking about. It's just a different face running, you know, doing the same thing. And I gotta think there was some type of understanding or some type of edict to make a change here. Oh, I, I agree with that. Um, I just think that it depends on who they hire. But I don't, I don't think that Nick is going to be willing no. to be fully hands-off there. I would be, I mean, and ultimately, I, he's, there's no way. Yeah, he's the head coach, right? Like, if you were – and he's, he's a head coach who – all head coaches have survival instincts, right? In that business, more than anything else not, – not more than anything else, but in professional football, there's a lot of survival instincts that, that, that go into play. So if you're kind of coaching for your job, then – and you know the sign of like off offensive struggles or things aren't going great, you can kind of put your 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 voice in a, a little more or kind of you know tip the tip the scale a little bit more. Ulti I mean, to your point, ultimately Nick Sirianni is the head coach, and as long as he's in the building, it's not like he's going to forget everything he thinks about offense, right? And it's not like he's going to stop stop caring about uh, certain concepts and certain philosophies. And the other thing, too, is the offensive coordinator reports to Nick. It doesn't report to Howie. It doesn't report to Jeffrey. The offensive coordinator reports to Nick. As far as Nick. we know. As far as we know, yeah. Do you, I, I would be a little bit worried if it is a, a former head coach, if you're bring, like if it is a Kingsbury, aside from you know, the, the lack of scheme that mm -hmm. he has, which solves no, no problems that the Eagles had this season, just in terms of a personality dynamic of having like three head coach types in the same building, that feels like a recipe for disaster to me. How so? I build on that thought. Well, just like who's in charge? Everybody's mm -hmm. going to want to think that they are in charge. Well, the head uh, coach is in charge, right? I mean, if mm -hmm. now now Kingsbury may not be yeah. that type of personality, but you know, if it's if it's Vic Fangio and I don't know who else, but like I don't know, that just I don't think I don't think that everybody's going to handle that well. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it depends on, on the person. Like, if you're, let's say you hire Eric Bieniemy, who's not a former head coach, but yeah. is known to have kind of a strong personality. Vic Fangio is known to have a strong personality. If you have Bieniemy on one side and Vic Fangio on, on the other, there's a lot of, like, strong personalities there. That's true. For a head coach who probably doesn't have the same type of... Uh, gravitas. Gravitas. Word. As, as, he, as he did a, a year ago coming off the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. I don't know. It, it's interesting. I'm 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 very intrigued to see who they end up hiring. What do you think, from an offensive perspective, they want for Jalen? That's a good question. I want to know 
how they view the regression of his role as a runner in yes, the offense. I was thinking that. If that was a result of his body not being ready to do it, or if that was something that they just decided they wanted to lean away from, because I think that obviously affects what they're going to do. Um, you know, we can say that they, they want to get him to throw over the middle of the field a little bit more. That might be, that might be a heavy lift, given that he has shown an aversion to that over the first, you know, three years of his career as a starter. Um, I think they need to give him better blitz answers. That's mm-hmm. like an obvious thing, but that feels more structural than, than just a, just a Jalen thing. The, like the turnovers that need to get better, that is also feels like just sort of a, a coaching thing. Do you think they're going to, do you think Alex Tanney's going to stay as the quarterback's coach, or do you think that is a, a spot that could be? I think that's a spot that could be turned over. Certainly when Nick said yesterday, a, um, a, an offensive coordinator who can work directly with the quarterback, yeah. right? And that guy might want his own quarterback's coach. I do think the coordinator is going to have say in certain position spots. And typically quarterback's coach is a spot where an offensive coordinator probably cares more about than maybe like your tight ends coach. Mm. Uh, but, you know, if I was, I mean, to the point you said about Jalen's running, if they interviewed me to be the offensive coordinator and I'm sitting in the meeting, I would walk up to the whiteboard and I'll take out the pen and I would write, let Jalen be Jalen, right? Which is a throwback to all the West Wing fans, of course, to Leo McGarry saying, let Bartlett be Bartlett. That's his plan. <laughs> okay, way to sell that one. Well, I'm sorry. I showed keen interest in your movie yesterday uh, about the, the Coen's brother movie. I'm well, asking you, you about it. You showed interest because you thought you had forgotten about an I'm offensive coordinator candidate, the, not because you were interested. The West Wing, one of the great shows of, of, you know, of our of the last 20, 30 years. Uh, Extremely debatable. I will have that debate with you any day. Uh, Let Bartlett be Bartlett. So I would let Jalen be Jalen. And what I mean by that is, like, I would not harness his ability. I I would maximize his ability. I would lean into it. I'm not saying be Greg Roman and, like, run with him all the time, but I'm saying uh, I understand you made this investment. You made this investment because he's a special play, because he has a a special talent. Utilize his special talent. So I would find ways to get him on the move. I would find – I would – lean into his legs and his and his running game even more okay you disagree no i'm just i'm thinking about the west wing and and how i think it sort of uh sort of like perverts the thought of politics as like sport and not something that has real life ramifications for people uh it's sort of like the did you uh, watch it you don't watch think, some of it. Uh, of course, it's real life. The, the, I can give you every single episode the real life ramifications that it has, uh, and the different, you know, how it humanizes all these different, um, all all these different people. So yeah, I mean, I will I'll defend the West Wing every single day. Even even Conan Corliss here says love the West Wing. I don't know. I I know well, you. Well, even if Conan <laughs> says it, I know you like to pick on me. Um, I'm not picking I, on I you. I'm wear, just I'm, I'm opening, opening uh, yeah. to have a conversation about yeah. whether that's uh, good for the greater good. I don't know. The West Wing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, look, I think they should show the West Wing in civics in civics courses. Okay. Now you're taking it too class. far. Okay. Uh, look, I I believe strongly in the West Wing, so I will not back down from that. And 
Yeah, if you want to tease me for that one, I will wear I'm it. I'm not teasing. There's a, I think you're... Uh, I, I'm not teasing. I'm just trying to have okay. a conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, you think it, it shows politics as a sport? I think it actually humanizes politics. It shows that these aren't just... Uh, you know, these are... These are people with real life decisions and that, that have real life ramifications. Yeah, I mean, my, my greater thing is about the way that politics are covered in general as sport and as horse race, which is very gross to me. And like, oh, these are, you know, this is like, like a, a profile of some like political ghoul who is causing irreparable damage to like millions of people but like oh like he's got a dog that he likes give me a break uh i mean isn't sports covered like uh yeah like and a, sports are not politics that's the no. problem sports uh, are like so how they would have you like real life impact yeah i would like the downstream effects covered the decision okay. making things covered like it's ridiculous yeah, so so the, first off, this is a different conversation than the West Wing, which is... This is our Vic Fangio episode. <laughs> it's a different conversation than the West Wing, which is, a, which, is a, uh, which is a dramatized television show. It's not you know, CNN reporting on the primaries, okay? Uh, I mean, we can distinguish that. But, yeah, I mean, we can have a whole deeper conversation about ratings and like consumer habits and what what customers are interested in yeah what the customer is not always right i i mean literally if you're trying to pay your bills and you're trying to no I, you are a journalist zach yeah you, when you are a journalist you're you you are beholden to the truth not the ratings okay okay so where i i would say is is that if you are um screaming something in a forest and no one's and no one's listening right like it's not mutually exclusive you don't have to cover it as a sport but you you ultimately have to uh you you have to captivate an audience right that's the only way an audience is going to watch you i don't think that that is that has to be true okay and like the both sidesism preposterous uh, we don't have to have a whole like, <laughs> yeah, journalism yeah, ethics thing going on here. But I was, I, I all I was saying is let Jalen Hurts run the ball. Disagree. <laughs> I was saying let Jalen Hurts run the ball. <laughs> 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 That's, I, I believe if, if they were hiring me as offensive coordinator, I would unlock Jalen Hurts' legs. That's what I was saying. Mm, okay. That's good. That's good because I was reading uh, Harry Potter with Casey last night and they had the leg lock curse. Ah, okay. And so they got to they gotta turn that one around. Right, that's a on, piece of fiction, Harry Jaylen Potter? Hurts, okay. yeah. Okay. That's good. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? Anything you want. Yeah, I'm here. What's you want to talk about mind? the time machine again? <laughs> uh, I mean, clearly, I would. Like, I would obviously. Well, you know, we never really family. got into like what are the rules of the time machine? Yeah. Here? You know, like, is this like, are you just going into your own body for a day and experiencing that? Are you going there as your current self, and you have to like avoid? Uh, you know, some butterfly effect stuff. We didn't really get into the mechanics, so, you know, it's okay. No, I mean, obviously, if I could, like, I, I didn't want to bear my soul about my family on on, on, on the show. Well, no, we're all family uh, here. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I also, I asked Emily when I got home, I was like, was Google's IPO like a, a crazy answer? And she's like, no, it's like a completely fine answer. And, 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 and you made it seem like, that was like a preposterous uh, supposition there to want to invest in Google's IPO. That would, 
that would seem to be a very intelligent thing to do. I don't know. You don't always need more. Okay. I mean, Julia, what would you do? What would you do if you had a time machine? Yes. I. It's not even the, the the Google IPO thing was was funny. To me, the funniest thing was that when what would you do with that money? You said, "Well, I would get, try to get more money." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just want me to spend it all, right? No, but your your whole thing was not like to to use it for any uh, good or for anything for yourself. You just wanted to get compound interest. Well, no, that's 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 gonna come. What do you think the compound interest is for, right? Well, that's what I'm asking. Is what is yeah. it for? Yeah, Andy super chat from Vince, like, who yeah. says Zach cannot be more right about the West Wing. Thank you. Yeah, you act like this is like a. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not super anti West Wing. It's not for me. But uh, your first impulse was was to say like West Wing's. No, it was not my first impulse. That was my second impulse after you said it was the best show of the past 30 years. I didn't say it was the best. I said, I, I said it was one of the great shows of the, of the last 30 years. I, I believe that. And then, I mean, yeah. Of course. You've got to tell the truth. I like good writing. Yeah. Okay. What would you, so outside of family things, what would you do with that uh, De- DeLorean that Howie <laughs> Roseman had? Well, it depends. What are the rules? <laughs> The rules are yeah okay let's, let's do like, I like go into my body from that point in time or do I yeah, or do I like go experience you're Michael something J Fox and Back to the Future okay so that's different that's that's not like in, inhabiting your own body that's no, uh, yeah. that's yeah. just going somewhere yeah you're 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 not punching Biff here but mm. is that the reference but see if that's the thing you can't be the one to make the bet you've got like, you would have to. You'd have to pull aside somebody in your family and tell them to make the bet or to, oh, you know, to, tell to, them to, to put the money in Google. Well, isn't that what he did with the sports almanac? And that's what Biff did, right? No, that's what Michael J. Fox did. He, went, he got the sports almanac, didn't he? Uh, but isn't Biff the one who, ma- who ends up making all the bets and makes the money? Oh, yeah, well, I'm thinking of the first one where, where Biff was, like, hitting on his mom and he, he beat up Biff. Yeah, and then Michael J. Fox gets a little horny for his mom. <laughs> Very weird. <laughs> Actually, she's horny for him. (laughs) I mean, that's true. That's what happens in the movie. That's that's okay. (laughs) That's an interesting interpretation of it, but okay. She's like trying to make out with him. That's not an interpretation. That's what happens. This is the John Mulaney skit, by the way. You and John Mulaney think very similarly. It's not a think. That's what happens. I know, but John Mulaney has a whole bit on this. Okay. Yeah. So, so all right. So you go into that DeLorean. Am I pronouncing it correctly? No. DeLorean. (laughs) Yeah, DeLorean. DeLorean. Okay. You go into the DeLorean. Okay. And you can uh, you can do anything. What would you do with it? I don't know. I should have given this more thought. I was too he busy. was only thinking about how he could have brought me well, with it. I was too busy. Think. I was too busy looking at Nicholas Moro on uh, yeah. on Over the Cap. What would I do? So I don't get to. I don't get to. I, I don't get to spend time with family. Then that's the. No, I don't get yeah. to inhabit my body uh, like a, as a as a younger person and yeah. you know get to run around. Something all day. you could change about your life. Well, that's different. <laughs> that's a different question. <laughs> okay. What would you change about your life? Um, like you're going back and you're changing something. You know what I would want to do is I would want to go back uh, and sort of feel what it was like again when the Eagles were ten and one ah, after okay. that Bills win. <laughs> yes. You know, and, okay. uh, you, you must have done not a better, know Jalen like uh, like I know Jalen. 
of their Bills post game show? I don't know. I'm 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 happy with my life. I don't. I don't okay. I, there's not a, anything huge changes that I regret. You see, I think this is a crazier thing. You have a time machine and you're not using. Well, it. I'm going to use it, but I have. Ha- there's not a thing that comes to mind. You know, if I can't just go kill Hitler, like. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying you have this time machine. You're like, no, I'm good. I'm happy. Things are great. No, I didn't say yeah. that, but I don't. Nothing. There's not an obvious one to me. I think, you know? Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You're not even taking an unobvious one. You're. I answered your question within 30 seconds. <laughs> I, I I said I would, I would do Google's IPO. Yeah, I mean, the things that come to mind are spending time with people. Okay, that's okay. all. Okay. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Right. There's different things. Like, you, would you give yourself a different piece of advice or something like that? But, like, would you give yourself actually advice? changing what advice something? What if, what if I changed something and then I, I, didn't, I didn't have sure, that's the, butterfly the same there. life that I have now? Oh, I, don't yeah. want, I don't want that. Okay. So you would keep things exactly as they are. Okay. Yeah, what, what if, what if, what if uh, it changed who my children were? I don't want that. You're really taking that a step. Okay, I, I see that. Well, yeah, yeah okay. that's what I would be worried about. Any okay. little thing that changes, if I don't want, I don't want to not have Casey and Jane. Well, okay, all right. So then, I'll take the keys then to the DeLorean. Okay, and you're gonna throw, and you're gonna throw Reed and Sloan <laughs> off. <laughs> no, I don't think I, I. I mean, my hope is that if I'm investing in Google's IPO, I'm still meeting Emily, and I'm still having Reed and Sloan. So, yeah, it's the best of all. But worlds. that's the risk you take. I don't. I don't. I, I would say that that is almost definitely not going to happen. <laughs> Think about how you met Emily. Think about the specific thing, like the yeah. specific sperm that had to go in to create, <laughs> to create your son. Like it would be a different person. Wow. And who's to say you definitely would not have met Emily if you were a billionaire working wherever. You're just going to come across uh, I, Emily. I would have still been covering the eels for the Inquirer. I, no, I you wouldn't. Absolutely, I would have. Yeah. No, you would not. If you were a multi-billionaire by that point. Yeah, I mean, I this is I'm pursuing a passion here. My passion wouldn't have been different. You are out of your mind. <laughs> okay, okay. There's no way your life would have turned out the same way. Uh, I mean, I I still would have hoped that that I, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I would have met Emily. We we we. You can hope that, but it wouldn't happen. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I I view it kind of a little bit differently. Um, <laughs> okay. Honestly, if I had a time machine, I would go forward in time. I would want to know. Oh, uh, look at that. Yeah. Okay. Now okay. that I think about it. Okay. And you know what? I, I probably would have given a different answer yesterday uh, if I had that, 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 that time machine to, to uh, avoid this conversation. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I would have done. I, I, I would have said, let's, let's, let's go back 13 seconds. And I, I, I would say, I, I don't know. Can we move on to, can we move on to Jalen Hurst's running ability? That's probably what I would have done. All right. Well, this has been an enlightening conversation for all of us. <laughs> Uh, thank you to everybody for listening and watching our in-depth breakdown of Vic Fangio's scheme. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. We've got Dane Is coming in. We'll get his thoughts on the time machine, what he would do uh, as we talk about he everything. He would have fired Gannon. <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. That's good. That's a good line. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks for uh, joining us, spending some time with us. We will talk to you tomorrow at noon. For Julia and Zach, I'm Bo. We thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you.
like the mayor 